Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, and joined again today by Rebecca Branham. And we are doing a bonus episode, which is super exciting. Second time we've had a bonus episode. And welcome again, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for those of you that listened to the previous bonus episode, you might know there's a lot less of a script for these than the regular episodes, and the regular episodes have little enough as it is, so we're just going to start, you know, diving into this and see where we go. I know we'd mentioned one of the things that got us to decide to do a bonus episode was the idea of unconditional love and judgment, and... You might remember better than I, Rebecca, um, where that part of the conversation was because I've had like three or four episodes recorded since then. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to listen to the whole episode we had to even remember most of what we talked about, even though it was amazing. Just tends that when you like smash them all together, they just kind of blend. And you're just like, okay, I know there's really good stuff in each of these, but what was it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's been so much that's happened since we talked last week too. Um, but here, like, I'll just start where, where my heart's telling me to start. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So unconditional love and judgment and where, like, where do we even begin? (sighs) I know something else we had been talking about last time was this idea of like the in-between space or the void space and like how are the yeah 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 yes oh yeah yep Yep, and how they're all kind of my cats are like going insane below me um but (laughs) it's like how is everything intertwined and interconnected and it's just I feel like the easier question is how are they not interconnected? Because what ends up happening really from does. what I've seen, yeah, it's like when we get to this space, it's really, it's like the void, the, the growth space, this in-between, it's this really funky place where judgment and unconditional love, conditional love, uh, like all of these misconceptions really start to come up and we start to question all of our really jacked up stories that we've been telling ourselves. all of our limiting beliefs start to get like flushed up. And it's like all of these programs that we've been raised to believe to be true, we start to question them. We're like, oh, well, was that really my belief? Or is that my parents or some other authority figure that I was just raised to believe to be true? So what happens is we get to this space and we're like, we're challenging what our status quo was. And it's like, is that really the truth? It's like, it's not written in the sky. It's not like God or the universe is up there holding this chalkboard that it's like not written in concrete somewhere. And we recognize that. And then it's almost like, I don't have a rubber band, but I've been using this balloon all day for these examples. It's not like (laughs) we, the growth space is really interesting because it's like judgment. We, we see judgment, for example, or stress, or uh, what was the one one of my clients used earlier today? It's, um, what is the word she said? Um, it starts with a D. Why am I not remembering this word? Whatever it is. I was going to guess frustration, uh, but it was a D. Frustration. I'll have to find it here in a second. Um, 
just something, I can't think of it, but anyways, it's like, we feel this really low vibrational feeling and we stretch and we grow ourselves. No, darn it. Oh, it's like right there. It's such a good word. (laughs) I'll find it. It's so good. Um, What is it? Disappointment. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like we get so. It's like we want the thing, and we're growing, and we're like working towards what it is that our heart desires, whether it's love in a relationship or we're growing our business. It's like we get ourselves all worked up, and we're we're getting closer to the things we want, and then we have a letdown. It's like oh. Now we feel disappointment. We feel frustration. We feel some sort of letdown. And now we're in this growth space because we feel like we were getting so close and now everything is challenged. It's like, well, you shouldn't have got your hopes up in the first place. And now it's like you were stretched so far. And this is where my rubber band analogy comes in. It's like you were stretching yourself so far and you were growing and then you're snapped back. And that's where the void comes in. It's like, who do you become? in the void, it's like, whether it's a judgmental person, do you lash out at those that you love? Do you start um, responding to people in a different way? Like, who do you become in the void? Like who, like, who do you become when you're squeezed? Like, are you an orange and orange juice comes out? Or are you somebody who you become a resentful person? Or are you squeezed and joy and love comes out? Like, I don't know, only your true self knows. And I'll see what you have to say before I keep going. (laughs) And I've got like eight things to say now. Oh yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I love this conversation. This is like one of my all-time favorite conversations. <laughs> yeah, because oh, where to start? I mean, the squeezing out I've been having at work with this project we've got going where we're trying to repair these 320 some odd windows that are like, you know, at the smallest size, they're a few inches or a few feet by a few feet big. And at the biggest, they're like 10 feet long and three, four feet wide. And we're having to like take them all apart and replace. They've got flowers in them. And it's just been a pain in the butt because the flowers don't appear to have been made to any one pattern. They appear to all be different. So we can't just be like, okay, copy one pattern and make it for all of these flowers. And so saying when you get squeezed, what comes out, it's like the quote that says, um, when you have a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate is I would prefer to drink. <laughs> um, I don't do coffee. Uh, if you have a cup of coffee or hot chocolate and you're holding it and somebody bumps you and it jostles the cup, what comes out? Well, depending on who you are, either coffee or hot chocolate, and then you ask, well, why does that happen? And most people say, well, it's because the person jostled me. It's like, no, it's because that's what was in the cup. And so I've been finding, I've gotten like really frustrated and angry at these windows. And I actually went through a process I call finishing the conversation where I just imagined this guy, no idea who in the world he is, but the guy who originally made these windows, I just invited him to talk with me on my drive home (laughs) it's like look these windows are stupid (laughs) blah 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 blah. half hour long (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then at the end of it i'm like you know what 
despite all this, I forgive you, and I hope you make it right wherever you need to make it right. And please forgive me for holding this negativity against you. And I hope tomorrow will be a better day, and that I will be a lot more inclined towards choosing a positive outlook instead of a negative outlook on these windows, because we've got seven of them done, and it's been two or three weeks. <laughs> 320 wow. some that's insane that's a lot of windows yeah um, spending a lot of peace of mind your way thank you thank <laughs> you and lots of patience uh i, I didn't even pray for patience <laughs> but maybe it's that time of year again it's time to learn some more patience um, another thought I was just having as you were talking about those programs and generational issues come up. Um, I just finished eating dinner like 10 minutes ago with my wife and she asked me how my day was and let me see if I can remember what I said exactly. Oh yeah, I was like, I stared at a window all day trying to figure out what to do with it is what I told her. And then she's like, well, if they have so much that needs to be done, like, why aren't you doing, why don't they have you doing something else? And I'm like, I stared at a window all day trying to get, figure out what needs to be done with it. And she told me, she's like, hey, um, I've noticed like your whole family does this thing where you'll say the same thing again. I just expect the person to understand what you're saying. And she called it sarcastic. And I was thinking, I'm like, is this sarcastic? Is it something else? It's certainly not very nice. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was that. And then she also mentioned about, like, did you ever have aioli growing up as a kid? Because that's what we were eating. And I'm like, on once in a blue moon, she's like, man, your family, like, never had anything good to eat. And I'm like, yeah, well, we had to ask permission to eat special kinds of foods. And she's like, man, it's like your family's living like they grew up in the Great Depression. I'm like, well, that's the way my mom was raised. And that's the way she raised us. And, mm -hmm. you know, room for improvement there has been. And yet, you know, it's, I'm doing my best to not carry it over. But with those three or four or five things out of the eight or so I had, where, what, what do you have to say to that, <laughs> Rebecca? No, I think that's all beautiful Benjamin I really do I think it's like really interesting and beautiful awareness and you're right like we are so like we all always carry over certain things from our parents oh, yeah. and our parents did the exact same thing so we always have to remember that our parents did the best they could with what they had and we are doing the same thing mm -hmm. and that's always what we're doing like we're always just doing the best we can with what we have in the in this exact moment and until we get to a point where we have conversations like this like we're just doing the best we can then we're like huh and we have these conversations and we're like we can always choose to see it differently if we if we're willing to or like your wife challenges your, your comments and you're like, oh, I did say something like that. Or, huh, that is interesting that this is what my, fa my family chose to eat or whatever the case may be. Like we can always choose to see it a little bit differently or see, you know, what comes out when we, when someone jostles our, our coffee or our, our hot chocolate or, or what comes out when we're squeezed, like 
it's always interesting when our perception of our reality gets challenged a little bit, right. you know, like it's, I say it that way because it's like, are we, it's always divine timing. I feel like it's like, are you really ready to look at what you, and this, let me see how I want to say this. Cause this is what I tell my clients a lot. And I remind myself of this very often too. It's like, you can say you want something to be different in your life. And you can say you want X, Y, or Z to be different. This is for any situation. And you can say you want it to be different. You can say you want it to be different. And then God or the universe will give you an opportunity for you to step up to the plate and be like, okay, here's the situation. Not in my you, head over here. Yep. It's like, do you really want it to be different? Or do you just like talking about it and you like the idea of it? Here's your opportunity. Here's your universal assignment. Will you do what you say? Like, will you really do your part? Here you go. And oh, yeah. the majority of people, when they get to this place where they're in the void or in the, in the growth space, they don't, they don't rise up because they just, they get in this cycle of what's the word they're like, man, I suck. Like I just failed again. Why do I keep trying? Like, why does this always happen to me? It never works out. And they throw themselves a pity party. And it's like, like, I kid you not. This is, I was here myself today. And my mentor was like, okay, you're here. Look at what's going on around you. And I was like, oh, like, I think I told you last week when we talked like Marvin's my little inner voice. And I was like, Marvin, you're so good at your job. Like, I see you, like, I need to pay you so much money. You're so good at your job. Thank you. Cause like this part of us, like we all have this little part in our, inside of ourselves. This is their job is to keep us playing small and to keep us safe and to keep us doing what we did yesterday and the day before. So it's not that we failed. It's just, do we really want what we say we want? Or do we just like the idea of it? And so like for the conversations I've been having with everybody, it's like, here you are. What are you going to do? This is your chance. Are you going to step up or are you just going to keep doing what you did before? And for some people it's, they haven't found the value or they haven't found the golden nugget to learn their lesson just yet. It's not that they failed or that they suck. It's just, they haven't learned exactly what they need to learn from this experience yet. Right. A couple of things I want to add in here. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you should like, you're talking to Marvin, you're like, man, I should pay you so much. <clears throat> well, you are. Oh, yeah. You're paying him attention. Yes. Now, the question is, are you paying Marvin more attention or are you paying Gary more attention? Now, Marvin's the inner critic drawing you down to negativity, at least from what you've kind of mentioned. And we're going to get into a little bit more hypothetical, not necessarily for you yes. specifically. Um, but Gary is the guy that keeps you in the middle, in the neutral. Well, how much attention are you paying Gary? And then you got over on the other side, Steve, who's drawing you towards the high end, towards the positivity. You know, mm -hmm. some of these names are pulled out of uh, nowhere and some of them are from somewhere. I heard it said like, you know, with all the names we're throwing around and like Karen's and it's interesting. I just met a really awesome Karen the other day and with how much the internet's tainted that name, I'm just like, man, that that really is unfortunate. Um, 
but then I saw one that's like, you know, let's make Steve like the best person thing because, you know, you got Steve Irwin, Steve Rogers, Steve Jobs, and just they listed out like a handful of others. Um, and I'm curious, is Marvin from Hitchhiker's Cruise Guide to the Galaxy? No, actually. Um, okay, because it sounds daughter... like the Marvin from <laughs> just always depressed. Always I don't know where Marvin came from. Everything. The, the name sounded good. I, I actually have a very specific like image of this Marvin, and it's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, so it's like you you mentioned like I need to pay him more. Like I should be paying you so much. And it's like okay, a lot of people are. How much are we paying Marvin? How much are we paying Gary? How much are we paying Steve? And again, that's talking about how much are we paying that negative critic in our head? How much are we paying the person that just makes us want to be apathetic? How much you, or neutral or however you will, how much are we paying the person in our head that wants us to become who we know we can be? How much so, attention you're exactly are you right. paying them? And this is the, I'm going to flip it here. The attention part, yes. But how do I want to flip it? It's um, last time we talked, I think I had connected. I talked about connecting the head and the heart. Um, Seems like. I believe I had talked about that. So there's so many awesome conversations. It's hard to remember which one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my, my inner critic, I always tell my clients, like we get to connect the head and the heart. So my inner critic is my head, which is my Marvin. And then my heart is I have a different name, but I'm not going to confuse everybody with that. What my Marvin, you're right. I do. It's not about actually like quote unquote paying him with like a monetary value. It's like paying him with my attention and my time. Like how much actual attention do I give him? And it's like, he really is about, he's just that part of our brain that is like, it's, it's like, he's a part of our brain. He's also a part of our inner child that feels like it's, everything's unsafe. He feels unheard. And those two are so interconnected. And then it's about allowing that part of ourself to, how do I want to say this? Cause this is what I call parts work integration. This is what I do with my, my people. It's about allowing that part to know that it's okay to allow another part of ourselves to step up. And this is where we connect the heart. And this is a part it's like, okay, you've had so much of me giving you attention. Like I would my child or my spouse, like now I need you to just take a break and sit on the bench for a little while. Like I'll come back to you. I promise you can trust me on that. You have my word. And I need this other part. I need to give this other part of me some attention over here. And this is the heart. And this is the feminine side. Like this part over here, this Marvin part is so masculine. It's like the task driven side. It's like, do, 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 which is what so many of us are so like task oriented and we just do it. We don't trust. And especially as us entrepreneurs, we're like, we just have to do everything and we don't get out of our own way because we just think we have to do ourselves into the ground and, you know, work ourselves to death. And we don't ever just trust the process and trust that everything will work out for us. And that's where our heart wants to show up and just be like, look at all the possibilities that are out here. If you would just see what's available to you and like do all of this. So it's like, if we could just give that part some attention. Right. We'll just stick a visual there to help people kind of imagine this better. If you've seen the movie Inside Out, 
you have that Marvin is kind of a conglomeration of anger, fear, sadness, yes. and disgust, and all Absolutely. those together in one. And then you have joy, which kind of represents the heart and the yes, we can. And I think it's really interesting thinking about it like that. It's like it's four against one in that in just that situation. Yep. Obviously, there's a lot more aspects to ourselves, but it's like how much, how many representatives, as it were, do all of these negative or positive things have in our head? And which ones do we pay the most credence to? So that's a really great point. I, I love that you gave that visual because that's exactly what it looks like. Like if that's such a great visual. <laughs> and, Especially like we're talking audio here and getting into some really deep stuff and people, you know, maybe they're driving or at work or whatever. And they're just like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what you're saying here, but it's too much right now. And then the visual is like, oh yeah, okay. No, it's perfect. And to add to what you just said, it does, it feels like there's so many like quote unquote negative pieces that outweigh the joy aspect. And that's so true because your conscious mind, which is like, we all want to feel more. I would imagine we all want to feel more joy and happiness and abundance in our life. And we want to feel like we're thriving and we consciously know that, but that's only 5% of our brain where it's like conscious thought. And then this other five, which is like the stress and the fear and all these other lower vibrational, like negative emotions, that's negative that's 95% that's our that's our unconscious and subconscious mind so that's the stuff that we don't even have conscious control over so it's literally 5% versus 95% so when we go throughout our day we start out our day pretty strong with the 5% and then as we go through our 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 work day we start having decision fatigue we get tired we're not eating foods that allow us to feel our best and then we go home and we're just exhausted and then everything takes a toll so by the usually like three to 4 PM, we have like, we're like so tired. And then we go home and we're just, yes. And then it's like our blood sugar roller coaster is all over the place. And then we're just like, our brain's done. And this 95% has taken control and that's the Marvin that kicks in. So then we have absolutely 0% of a chance to really show up for ourselves the way we want. So it's like the 95%, which is the subconscious wins almost all the time. So it's like, at what point do we win in the void? This is why it's like 1%, one to 2% of people who want to show up for themselves and rewrite their stars are successful in it because they think they're going to be successful and like have so much control throughout their day, but they're forgetting it's a 5% battle versus this 95%. It's like, no, you have to be extremely intentional and understand like 5% versus 95%. You're not always yeah. going to win. It's about understanding what's really going on. And that's where this void is so interesting. It's And right now with everything going on in the universe, it's uh, I'm not going to get all weird about this, but it's there's a lot of people right now who are in a very long growth space, a very long void. And they're getting really disheartened because it just feels like nothing seems to be working out the way they want and nothing seems to be going fast enough for them. And it's like, just hold on, have some faith, have more faith than usual. Everything is, it's just about literally right now, everything is about purging and clearing out what is no longer serving you. And that Especially is its own rolling around for the, yes, <laughs> yes. And that's a whole nother conversation, but 
I'll stop talking right there. <laughs> I'm curious what's coming up for you right now. Yeah, so a couple of thoughts there. Um, okay, the one apparently is for later. It just disappeared. Um, but there's this reticular activating system, the RAS, RAS, that's part of your brain. And that is what is the divider line between that five and 95%, the 5% conscious and the 95% unconscious. And to throw another visual at you, Wally, and uh, uh, you know, halfway or through two thirds of the way through the movie, he's trying to get up into the captain's quarters. And there's this robot with two little fingers and he's typing on a keyboard, just like, and just like moving super, super slow. And he's just like typing away. And it takes a while for the little robot Wally to get his attention. He's just like, and then finally, this robot gets his get. Finally, the typey robot pays attention to this little Wally robot, and you know, gets him his request, as it were, to go up to the captain's quarters. We have a very similar thing in our head, which is called the reticular activating system, RAS for short, and. It works very much the same way. It's what's known, it's like you hear the filter. It's like, oh, my filter's not on or whatever. It's that filter that lets things in or out of the subconscious. And it has programs, you've probably heard before, subconscious programming has programs that it just lets auto run. It's like, okay, yep, this one's cleared, let's go. I'm not even gonna, like, I'm not even gonna look at this one. It's just gonna boot up and run. It's like a computer. It's like, yep, those ones, the green, green light, go, green light, go, green light, go. And it doesn't even pay attention. And then there's this huge line. It's not just one thing trying to get its attention. Like in the movie, there's this huge line of things trying to get its attention and get into the captain's quarters or our subconscious and start running the show. And it's like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. And it just says no to all these things trying to get in, which is a good thing. Because if literally every little thing that came up tried to get your attention and got your attention, we'd be worse than the the dogs and up chasing after squirrels. Yeah, yeah. Really picks up this episode. That's cool. (laughs) Goes to show how much good stuff they got in those movies. Yeah. Um, But it's like, if we didn't have that filter we would be worse than the animals. Like we would not be able to focus on anything because any new thing would get our attention and we'd go there. And then any, like it'd be a mess. So it's great that we have a reticular activating system and it's really hard to get through it. So you need one of two things, repetition or intensity. And if you go back to that visual, maybe you have a line of a hundred things or 500 things and if you have five things five things you're trying to get in like exercise i'm good at exercise if you only try it once that's one out of 100 things their technology systems just like i if you have it five times maybe one will get through if you have it 10 times okay one of them's getting through if you have it 50 times it's like wait a second this is weird okay what's up and it'll start paying more attention or if you have this giant thing and it's just like <clears throat> And I get in there, it'll be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> doors right there, go on in. 
So that's the repetition or the intensity. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we only let those negative ones come through like they did in childhood. So we have to consciously choose again and again and again to let those good ones in. Yes. And I love that you went there with this. So this is like what I was saying with people feel like they, when they get to this void space or the growth space, they're like, I failed again. Like I'm such a failure. It's like, you did not fail. Like you need to have the experience. You haven't had the golden nugget experience yet because once you have just the right experience and just the right moment, you will never forget it. It's just like as a nurse, like there are countless times where I had something happen at work and it was like, oh my gosh, if this went just like wrong, like I've, I've like, I'll tell you, I've been a nurse for seven years and I've messed multiple things up. I've given too much of a medication, not enough of a medication. I gave something to the wrong patient or like life and death things. And I mean, like, that's scary. I will never do that again. Like you have to have certain experiences and that's like a really drastic example but you never forget the lesson after that. Same thing with like my, with like health, for example, you, once you, you realize something and you understand like, oh, this is what it feels like to trust my body so much that I realize I can trust myself to be around the entire cookie jar and be like, I'm not going to eat the whole bag of cookies now. I, I got this. And you understand what it feels like to have that level of confidence. You, you get it and you understand that. And you're like, I so got this, but until you have that exact experiential moment, like it's not going to click. And there was another part. Oh, this is the other piece that goes with that. It takes a certain amount of time. So many people think that they can just start doing work. And this is what I I used to be so guilty of this. I will tell you right now, (laughs) guilty as charged. I used to buy program after program and course after course. And I used to work with several, it was one of my very first mentors. I worked with her for a year and I kept investing with her. And my husband was like, what are you doing? Like, this obviously isn't working. Why do you keep doing this? I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it was because I kept thinking this would be it. Like, this will be the magic bullet. This will be just like the magical thing that'll like get me where I want to go or like fix X, Y, or Z. And I was like, I was expecting it to be the magical thing. Or like Mm -hmm. flip the switch, it'll change everything. And so many people think that, and that's not how it works. We have to calibrate or like do our own work and like look at the things that we're not actually looking at or addressing. And when we do that, we see what we're not actually seeing in the growth space. And so many people think that it's like so uncomfortable, but that's where our little Marvin's like, don't look at it. It's so uncomfortable. Don't look at it. But when we look at what we're not willing to look at, we grow and we have that experiential moment. And I tell my people all the time, it takes 90 days, like a minimum 90 days to rewire those neural pathways so that you can actually change your behavior and create new neural pathways, recircuit the ones that aren't serving you anymore. Not that they're broken, but they're just not serving this version of you anymore. It takes 90 days to get rid of the, or shut down that old program, create the new one, and then understand how it feels to have that new belief in in place so that you don't keep getting stuck where you were. Right. And using that as a segue into this, I'm going to talk about vision boards for a second. Yeah. Every episode, interesting. So like they work or something. (laughs) 
Um, so I actually have mine on the floor next to my desk currently because new yeah. house and haven't set it up on the wall yet because you know you can't hammer anything into your apartment walls. So need to find the command strips and that's one thing that I haven't gotten to yet. And yet I'm like, okay, I want it close by even if it's not 100% set up. And so you plan on putting it just up above the wall where it is currently. But with a vision board, you're doing the same thing. You are purposefully facing the void. And your Marvin, your inner critic is going to come up and be like, <laughs> you cannot do this because let me list off all the reasons. And they pull out their big long scroll. And they're like, number one, you're ugly. Number two, you're incapable. Number three, you failed before. Number four, nobody actually likes you. Number five, and on and on and on and on. You know, you get to individually rebut those. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is those things are actually your instructions. Yes. I love I'll say that, that again. Though that list of reasons why you cannot is actually your instructions. It is an instruction manual your mind is handing to you on a silver platter because it's trying to say, hey, let me have this list silver platter. Voila, you can't do this. And then you're like, dude, thanks. Okay, step number one. I love that. I love that analogy. I've never heard someone say it that way. That was a genius. Yeah, (laughs) I learned that one from one of my mentors. And, and, you know, you got to write it down from your brain onto a piece of paper so you can actually reference it. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice the bigger the thing you want to get on your vision board, the bigger the list is because the less aligned you are. So the more things you have to do to calibrate yourself. Listen to those last 30 seconds again. Everyone go back and listen to that. That's literally actually the process I'm going through tonight after we're done here. Like literally going through this process. I don't do vision boards. That's not my jam, but I do journaling. And that is literally the process (laughs) right there. Gold. (laughs) And it's like, it doesn't have to be vision boards. Maybe it's vision journaling or dream journaling or gold journaling or gold boards or dream boards or whatever it is. Get your visual, get your language working for you. Yeah. And boom, it'll show up. And sometimes you won't purposefully focus on on your vision board, but in other areas of your life, you'll change those things that were out of alignment and you'll get into that calibration and bam, it's there. You're just like, wait, I wasn't even focusing on this. They're like, whoa, I was working on this elsewhere and it came. Wow. It's cool. It's really it is cool. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's like, that's why I did that conversation on the ride home today. To finish that conversation. I'm like, you know, I don't want this crap in me anymore. I want this out. Like, I am certain that that's what the thought was. It came back. <laughs> I'm certain this afternoon at work, I was not a pleasant fellow to be around, which is not my MO. That is not like me. And so I'm noticing, I'm like, I am not like myself. I am bitter. I don't like the way I taste right now. 
<laughs> I want to change this. I want to be a sweet, loving guy people know I am. Okay, what do I need to change? Well, kind of have a grudge against the guy that made these windows. <sighs> okay, let's finish this. <laughs> and you know, will he ever get the message himself as, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if it was a guy actually for certain. I think I heard it was a guy, but you know, maybe it was a girl. <laughs> Is this person made these windows actually going to get the message that I said, I forgive you and please forgive me? Maybe it'll never pass their conscious mind. You know, spiritually, they got it. And that's good enough. Yeah, that is really literally stuck. good enough. <sighs> I'm proud of you for doing that. A lot of people wouldn't have done that. You let go of it. <laughs> well, another thing too is I was thinking about something I want to have. I was just praying. I don't remember what I was praying about, but I remember the inspiration I got was start finishing the conversation again. And I'm just like, I know this is really good, but it also takes a lot of energy, but okay, we're going here again. And then it's like three times a week. I'm like, okay. Guess what? I didn't do it yesterday or the day before. So if I'm going to do it while I'm driving to or from work three times, three days had to be today. I did it. So, you know, sticking to it as difficult as my reticular activating system wants to make it. Yeah. Good for you. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of you for doing your journaling calibration later on. Thank you. Thank you. Because I know you've done a lot before today as well yeah thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah and, and a lot of it is this silent work nobody ever knows about i mean you know about this now but like would there have ever been another occasion for me to tell you probably not i've done it a lot more than anyone ever knows you know this me. is this is one of those things that so many people don't see behind closed doors though and i know some people talk about it but i feel like this is one of those things like I was talking with my mentor about it earlier. We were talking about, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about like my brain always wants to shut down when I go here because talking about the limiting belief I have. It's like, don't go there, Beth. Don't go there. It's like, but then you're going to remember it and you're going to take action on it and you're going to change yeah. the program and I'm going to have to do more work. And yep. I just want to consume calories and survive. <laughs> what are you doing this to me for, Rebecca? Come on. Oh. It's, it's just so interesting because she was asking me, like, it started out asking me about, like, who are the people that I, like, admire? And automatically, I was like, well, this woman, because she triggers me because she has things that I desire for where I see myself going. And I was like, and I knew this already. And I was like, this is why every time I see her, like, I don't want to look because I'm like, I want that. And I was like, why? And I already knew this. And now I'm like, my brain's already shutting down. Here we go. <laughs> Come on, but, you got this. You got this. Yeah, it's like, like this. Oh, this is where I thank you. And you don't have to share the things you don't have to share either. No, this is like, this is the work. Like people think, and I already knew this, like we see what people allow us to see on social media and we think it's all effortless. And I even said that, I was like, it just looks so effortless. And I knew as soon as I said that, I'm like, but I don't see what goes on behind closed doors. Like this right here. It's like, as soon as I have the thought, my little Marvin is just like 
shut down, shut down, shut down, diversion, diversion tactic. Don't go there. Don't shine the light on it. Because as soon as I acknowledge it, every time I acknowledge it, I'm getting my power back. And I'm like, oh, I really desire that. That's what I want to do. And every time I start going there, I'm getting stronger. I know I'm going to be sitting down and working through this later tonight, which means every time I sit down and do my work around something, I clear it out. There is no, there's nowhere else for it to hide. So if I stutter, cause I start stuttering when I get closer to it, if I start getting all wrapped up in all of these silly things and I get distracted and I get upset with myself then I won't want to look at it. And it's this stuff that people get frustrated about and they're like, Oh, who am I to think I'm going to do that? I get all lost in my words. Like I can't even collect my thoughts. Who am I to think that I can do X, Y, or Z? It's like, this is why we do our work because everybody else goes through a similar process. It might not be the same hot mess express, but we all do our own stuff. We just don't always show it out there because we just don't think about it. Like some of us do, some of us don't. It just depends on if we're aware, like what I think to share some of this. No, because it's a really vulnerable moment. Like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Like I remember one day, several weeks ago, maybe it was a couple months ago, I was just like, I had a huge breakthrough day and I was like, I need to share this with the world. Cause it was beautiful. And I was like, like, I had just got been crying. It was a mess. And I was like, I'm going to share this. Like why in the world would I want to share this with anybody? But it's like, this is what it gets to look like a lot of the time. Like it's not always rainbows and butterflies and people need to see that too. And it is what it is. Like, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Like it's a hot mess. And to share another experience, um, I was having a rough go with my manager a couple weeks back. Um, there, there is, you know, I know myself enough to know that I am late sometimes and they were making a big deal of it. And I tried to set things up to where it wouldn't be an issue from when I first got hired on. And, you know, there was a couple things going on and something they said to me just really got me into stress mode. And like for almost a week, I was just in super high stress mode, like not even just at work, just everywhere. I was just like super, super high stress mode. And um, the finally one day I was just so burnt out from being in this really high stress mode that uh, I had a coworker say, Hey dude, like, what's up? Like, you see you're dragging today. And I'm like, yeah, I'm dragging. And they're like, well, just go home and like rest up, come back tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can because the manager and you back. Sorry about that. My internet must have went low. Yeah. Last okay. thing I heard was your coworker saw you were dragging and said something to you. Yeah. So my coworker saw I was dragging and was like, um, hey, dude, like, just like go home, rest up. Because, you know, it was like near the end of the day, anyways. I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I can, like, the manager, this, that, or the other. And they're just like, no, like, it's not going to be an issue. And I was heading to the bathroom right then. As I get into the bathroom, I just have this ugly cry. Not just, you know, a couple tears. It was was an ugly cry, like snot, tears, everything. 
And I just had that breakdown moment. And I'm just like, holy cow. And I'd known I needed to talk to one of the higher ups for a while. Just, you know, get some clarification, if nothing else. And so at that moment, I finally was just like, okay, like, this is obviously taking a huge toll on me. I got to talk to them now. So I go to their office. They're not there. I'm like, okay, we'll go back to work. And when I notice them again, I'll talk to them. But a few minutes later, I see them and I go and ask them, hey, would I be able to talk to you for a few minutes? And they're like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I just tell them what's going on. And they're just like, oh, yeah, okay, I get you. I see where you're coming from. And, you know, they explain some things about the manager and they explain some things about myself and working and lots of different things. And it became a very good conversation. And, like, all my stress about what was going on just kind of went out the window. And um, I know it's going somewhere with that about, like, you have to do the work or something. Oh, that's what it was. Since then, I've had myself clear towards my manager, and now they are a lot more um, comfortable to be around, to put it like that. Um, so, so doing that work doesn't always have an immediate effect, but you know, over the course of a week or two, it's made a difference. I imagine I don't I don't feel like it's animosity is the right word, but it's like um it's like you guys saw each other for who you guys really were. It's like you cleared it up, like exactly like you said. It's like you understood where you each were, and it's like right. oh, there was no more misunderstanding. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, for it, you it's for like I, I didn't talk to the manager I was struggling with, I talked to one of the other ones, but it helped me to bridge that gap and to release that um, issue. And I feel like I did a good job of not like dumping it on the other guy. And yet I may have done that a little bit more than I would have hoped to, but it wasn't super heavy for him if I feel like that's right. Uh, Anyway, and some of you might be thinking like, wow, like Benjamin, you're just like so comfortable sharing all these super personal things. And you know, there are a lot I don't share. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I'm just like, I barely even tell family. And, you know, sometimes that's less comfortable, but like family or friends, there's some things I just keep to myself or to myself and my wife. And, you know, I do have the hope that someday I'll have enough courage to share the things that I need to share. And some things I just don't need to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, don't be beating yourself up if you're thinking like, huh, everybody's like so open with everything. Not everything. (laughs) And that's what I was saying for you, Rebecca, like, don't share what you don't need to share. Meaning the details, if there was any. No. And thank you for that, for sharing that really, I think that's really a valuable point that a lot of people need to hear is that's, I learned, I feel like it was a lesson around that, like sharing too much. It was share enough. How do I want to say this? It's um, share your story. If it's yours to tell and nobody else's to tell, 
but also don't share if you're still so emotionally attached to it or emotionally entangled with it, that if somebody makes a comment or like, if some, like if you were to say something, like if I was to go post on Facebook about something and write it, like, cause I post on Facebook a lot. Cause that's where my business is. If I was to go post on Facebook about something and somebody made a rude remark, would I be triggered by their comment? If I'm, if the answer is yes, I'm still too emotionally attached to it. Then I don't, I don't share. And I've made that rule of thumb with myself. If it's my story to tell and I'm still too emotionally attached, then I don't share. That's a really uh, good point. I like that. Yeah. Can you. I add something to it? Oh yeah, definitely. Some people are scared of what other people will think when they're involved in the story. I heard this once and it's kind of sassy but I kind of like it. It's like, you know, your story is your story. If people are upset about the part they play in your story, they should have acted better in the first place or they should have behaved better in the first place. (laughs) And it's like, you don't go around slandering people either. Yes. But you know, if there was some crap go down and you got a good point to share by sharing the story and you have to have a antagonist as it were. So what if someone fills that role? They should have behaved better. They had yeah. that opportunity and they didn't. And sometimes Absolutely. we fit that in other people's stories. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And again, that comes back to, you share your part of the story. Like you don't give out, I think of HIPAA all the time when I tell stories, like if I'm going to tell a story and I give out, cause like HIPAA, like I'm a nurse, like, come on. Like I don't give out personal identification unless somebody has specifically said, oh yeah, I don't care if you tag me in a story or if you use any, like my name or whatever. But if they haven't given me that permission or like if I'm talking about one of my parents or my sibling, and they haven't said, yeah, it's okay to talk about me, then I usually don't say anything that identifies them. I'm like, this was my story. And this was my experience. Like, I don't identify, I don't make it known unless somebody personally knows me, they're going to know who I'm talking about. But otherwise, like, it's my story. And if they want to, and I've had this happen before where somebody's like, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. And they are like, how dare you blah 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 and I was like well what do you have to say for yourself and that was bold and they're like wow and they like wanted to argue and I was like but don't you remember that day and they're like yeah and you took it wrong and I was like well how do you remember it happening and they're like it, it was really interesting and they're like oh yeah it's a really interesting conversation it really comes back to what we were talking about last week it's like who's emotionally mature here because that's really all it comes back to it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not emotionally attached to it anymore I learned from the experience like I'm just sharing my part because I know I took a valuable golden nugget from it and now I'm just sharing like I didn't mean to upset you apparently it did upset you because you're still attached to it there's a lot in that too there's so many there's a lot (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah emotional maturity i've heard it said that eq or emotional intelligence is very quickly not necessarily very soon but very quickly will overtake the importance for um iq or mental intelligence or whatever that actually stands for (laughs) 
and, and you know, I firmly believe that. Like I said, I don't think it's necessarily going to be anytime soon, soon. It'll be relatively soon. But the change will happen quickly. Because yeah. it's going to hit a point where people are like, it doesn't matter how much you know, it matters how much you feel. I and how it. much you can process emotions cleanly. You know, we're all about clean fuel nowadays, clean energy. It's like, okay, what about processing your emotions cleanly? Can you do that? Oh, you're just opening up a whole can of worms here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did I have to find out who that guy was, made those windows, and give him a personal phone call and tell him how stupid his windows were? Or could I just clean it up in my car? Which version was a more clean cleanup? A less damaging cleanup. And you know, just to tie this back into the void space and the growth space, it's um, all this comes like I like to think about it in emotional waves because I know last time we had talked a little bit about human design, like my human design comes back to I'm an emotional authority which means I have to ride my emotional wave because that means like I have something happen in my life I have an emotional high and an emotional low and it's all about how do I ride and manage the emotions which comes back to the emotional intelligence and the emotional maturity piece and what do we make the void mean about us and how do we manage the emotions throughout that entire process like, yeah. how do we navigate the array of emotions in that process? Do we let our emotions get the best of us and dictate our experience? And that's where a lot of people get lost in that in that space, too. Yeah. Well, and a thought I've wanted to share since you mentioned void at the beginning, I feel like now is an appropriate time to bring it up, is talking about a particular aspect of the void and yet the void in general. Um changing names here real quick oftentimes slew so like let's say okay i want well it's hypothetical i want to get a raise at work i mean i do but that's not a priority right now let's say i've been working at this for you know like a year and i'm just like i want to raise i want to raise i want to raise and maybe i've talked to the manager maybe i haven't or you know, whatever. And I just feel like I'm up against a wall. And I'm just like, I can see it on the other side of this and I can't get through this. Or another example, let's say I want to earn $10,000 or to own a duplex and rent out the other side. Rebecca might notice I'm glancing down at my vision board. Yeah, I was like, you're looking at my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, maybe I'm just like, okay, I know I can do this. It's not hard. It's simple, but it's not easy either. What am I missing here? And I feel like it's just on the other side of this wall. Just can't get through the wall. Like I run at it, bam, smash into the wall. I run at it, bam, smash into the wall. And you know, I've taken an exercise where one of my mentors was like, okay, literally run into a wall and see what that feels like. Okay, that's what you're doing in your head all the time. 
it doesn't feel good. And if you want to do that, you know, do it if you will. I'm not going to say do it or don't do it, but you know, avoid traumatic injuries. <laughs> but it doesn't feel comfortable. It's a, it's a hard knock, literally. And if we're doing that again and again and again in our head, guess what our brain's going to do? It's going to say, I hurt. We're not doing this anymore. Bye. And we back up and back up until we feel like we're stuck up against another wall. There's like, man, like I, I'm stuck. Like I can't do anything. Like now I've got my back up against the wall and I can't go anywhere. Well, when you're up against the wall, that's being up against the void. That's being up against the not knowing. That's being up against the insurmountable. Why is it that? Because that? Oh, you right. don't know. And what's your answer to that question, Rebecca? Why is it insurmountable and unpassable? Because you've never been there before. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And this is where people are forcing themselves to find an answer. It's like when you go into calculus and you're forcing yourself to solve an equation when you have no freaking idea how to solve an equation that you've never learned how to solve. It's like you're like, <laughs> come on, brain, figure it out. And you're like, I don't know what to do. You can tell me all you want or like try to figure it out on your calculator, but it's like, <laughs> I'm just over here flapping my hands around you guys. What do you want? So, you want from me? I got zero. Zilch. Here's the That's exercise I will give you guys. Working on. <laughs> it's, here's the exercise I'll give you. And it's very similar to the visualization uh, to your process, but it's a slight, it's slightly different. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this in a very like brief way. Taking it's a little bit of a process. Yeah, it's, it is and it isn't. It's it's good and simple, but it can take a while sometimes. Yeah, it's do you really want first off, do you really want what you say you want? Or do you just again like the idea of it? So you have to be radically honest with yourself. Like, are you playing small for one? Or do you really like is the ten thousand dollars what you really want? Or like, is it, does that feel really too far out of reach? And you'd just be really happy with like, because for one, is that really what you want? Like if it feels too far out of reach, would $2,000 be good to get you going? I'm just going to play with money numbers. Cause I feel like this is a really easy one for a lot of people to listen to. So if $10,000 is what you've been playing with for a while and you just feel like I've been doing everything, I've been doing everything and it just isn't coming, then back it down and be like, okay, universe, God, angels, guides, I'm going to sh like shoot for two, $2,000, whatever feels like a stretch, but you can get your energy behind. Like that's what is important. Like if $10,000 feels impossible, it's not going to happen because you can't get your energy behind it. But if you can get your energy behind $2,000 all day long and you're like, yes, I can do that. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's mine. I can feel it's mine. Like, I don't know how, but it's mine then go for that. Even though it's not really like the stretch goal, $2,000 is yours. When do you want it by? Three days from now, five days from now? Like really, when would you love to have that money by? 
Like, be honest. <laughs> be honest. Write it down. And then, question now. yeah, like write it down. And then this is where you go to town on all the limiting beliefs and all the jacked up stories that come up. And then once you get all of them down, and I mean all of them, like number one, blah, 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 whatever it is. Number two, blah, 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 blah. Number three, blah, 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 blah. Look at them, like just get curious about them. And then after that, be like, okay, God, universe, help me see this differently. It's not just a matter of, I'm willing to see it differently. It's a matter of asking for help because we cannot do this all on our own. It's like, God, angels, universe, please help me see this differently. I would love your support and guidance right now. Help me shift this to see a different perspective. And then you're going to go back through every single one of those limiting beliefs. And you're going to write every single one of those out. You're going to be like, is this number one? Is this the ultimate truth? Like, is this written in concrete somewhere or written in a sky? Is God in the universe, like looking down and being like, this is Benjamin's truth right here that he cannot make this $2,000 by the end of this week, this extra $2,000. No, like you can do that if you want to, like you deserve to have that. You like, whatever it is, like number one, this is untrue because of whatever the reason is. Number three, it's a lie because of this, like whatever it is. And then you just get yourself to believe it. Like it's going to feel weird and funky at first, because again, it takes 90 days to get yourself to believe it and get yourself in the energy of it because you're rewiring those neural pathways, but it's already yours or you wouldn't have the idea for it somewhere in the world. It's yours. God was like, this is already yours. Or you wouldn't have this idea that it's you own a duplex or you have all of these things. Like it's yours. You just have to manifest it into your reality. Like what it doesn't matter if it's money. It doesn't matter if it's whatever it doesn't matter. It's just about, about you getting clear on what it is that you want. And then you clearing out what is no longer serving you and then rewriting your story and getting your stars to align. And I know this is where a lot of people fall off. They're like, I did this. I did it several weeks ago. It should already work. It's like about continually redoing it, redoing the process and going deeper every single time. Well, and to add to that, um, you're talking a lot about the knowing, which is the first step. Excellent. Do it. Know it. You need your why. You need, and the why is where you have that really authentically wanting it. You, you want to say something? Yes. This is another piece here. You have to release the expectation of how it will show up in your world. And this is the piece that I used to struggle with so much. It's like, it's going to show up in my business like this. It's going to show up in through my job like this. It's like, when you say like, I'm, when you ask for that guidance, it's like, you also want to be like, I'm willing to do my part support me in the way that I can't support myself because we can, as as Becca and as Benjamin, we can only do as much as we can do. You know, we can't do everything. And we also, if we are constantly like married to the idea of how it's going to show up in our world, then we're not giving universe or God free, free will. We're not giving, we're not co-creating with them. And that's what they want. They want to have, they want to have fun and play too. And if we're trying to, like, if we're trying to dictate their world, then they're not going to want to play with us. Yeah. You're being the petulant toddler. That's like, I want to like this. Yeah. Mommy, mommy, daddy. I want you like this. Okay. Those of you with kids, do you listen to that kid? Oh gosh. No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so do you listen to the kid that's cooperative and he's like, hey, I want to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, maybe not every parent's like that, but you know, universe, God, they're, they're kind of a lot more um, uh, perfect and willing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you get that, why? You get that knowing. Um, part of that knowing is knowing what it is exactly you want. I think you mentioned that, but like on here, I've got own a massage chair, a nice massage chair. What in the world does that look like? Is there any reason? Does anyone, I actually wonder why that one hasn't shown up yet. I know it could show up still, but it wouldn't necessarily be the one I want. What I challenge you to do, and this really shifted everything. For, and again, this is just if it floats your boat. Learn if you're a specific manifester or a non-specific manifester. And this comes back to the human design piece. I found out I'm a specific manifester, which means I have to get specific, so stinking specific. And it freaked me out a little bit when I, because I tested this. Like I played with this for a little bit after it. And I just found this out about a month ago and I was like, I want to manifest this in X, Y, and Z. And I was journaling about it and I got really specific. I kid you not, everything showed up in my world, like within 48 hours or like the deadline. I was like, oh, wow, it freaking works. And then it freaked me out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and like, if you're non-specific, you can be vague, but if you're specific, like you really, Is there an you get to be dexterous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a question for another day (laughs) yeah like i would say if you're non if you don't know just err on the side of caution and just go with specific that way that way you know you can still be less specific and still get it if you're non-specific i think i'm leaning more towards the side of specific because when i say like this and i'm like very on the nail it's like okay like the Prusa Mini Plus 3D printer sitting next to me. That one was very specific. The Terraforming Mars board game sitting behind me. That one was very specific. Yeah, there's a, yeah. It, what's interesting though is the one that didn't end up on my vision board, but still manifested is the washer and dryer. Now the interesting there is you said letting go of how it has to show up. I was thinking, oh yeah, we'll probably have to look on Facebook Marketplace or in the local classifieds or something. Maybe go to yard sale or two. And I think I had this one other thought subconsciously of maybe somebody will let us know about one. Well, my mom just texts us one day. He's like, yo, such and such old lady in our neighborhood's getting rid of a washer and dryer because they're getting a new one. You guys want to take a look and get it, whatever? And we're just like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> free. We just had to lug it out. There you go. And the crazy thing, the absolutely insane, crazy, kind of creepy, not creepy thing is the washer is one or two models different from the washer I grew up with. (laughs) Same knobs and everything. And I'm just like, all right. (laughs) All right. That's uh, oddly specific. And, and you know maybe that goes back to my brain was just like okay well this is what a washer and dryer looks like for someone that's just gotten married so it's like well you need one of those well, old lady happened to have one didn't have a lot of wear on it 
<laughs> so it, it just it comes around and if you find that you're not getting there and you're trying to get more specific really dive deep on that knowing part you know like learn a hundred things about whatever you're trying to get especially if it's big if it's really big learn a thousand things if it's kind of big kind of small learn 10 things but you know according to how big it is learn that many things about what it is and then you can say yeah i know what this is then you go from your mind down to your eyes and then you have to start seeing what it is what does this actually look like what does it look like having a washer and dryer in my apartment that i can just walk into the other room and stick a load in instead of having to travel to my parents place or to laundromat that is true what does it look like to play this game in front of me instead of borrowing my friend's copy of it what does it look like to etc then after you can see it clear as day and visually be there in your mind's eye with whatever this thing is or the moment that it is achieved, then you go down to your mouth and you start being able to say it. You can tell your friends, hey, yeah, I'm going to have this. Yeah, the duplex, go live there. Yeah, house up in Star Valley, Wyoming. Looks like this, has this type of cars, has that type of patio, this type of fence, piano uh gallery in the front room yamaha grand piano yeah that's what that's gonna look like this pink color this shade of green though this tree's over here the creek running in the backyard can you tell i put a little bit of thought into my tree i can house? tell <laughs> <laughs> i'm keeping this very short as well <laughs> then once you can say it that's where it starts to get really cool because it goes down to your heart. You're talking about that mind-heart connection. This is where it happens. Once you know what it is, you can see it, you can say it, you can describe it. Then you can start to feel it. That's kind of, you know, not even kind of, that's what I was starting to do shortly before I met my wife and we started dating. So it was like, what would it be like to be in a relationship? How would it feel to find the person that I will love forever? I started feeling it. Because I'd done a lot of stuff to know what it would look like. <laughs> I'd start thinking, what does it look like? Talk about it. And I started feeling it. And then when the opportunity arrives, you act. You That's just force step. yourself through the same the question you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Learned that one from one of my mentors. And I've lived it enough that you know I'm starting to understand the process a little bit more. So if you want to know how to manifest something in your life, how to get something in your life, how to achieve something in your life. Listen to those last five minutes again. Yeah, definitely. That was perfect. <laughs> ah, so much goodness comes out in these episodes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a thought I know you want to share. Oh, no, I think that was gold. Like, really, go listen to the last five minutes, you guys. <laughs> that was gold. <laughs> For some of it. Mm -mm, that was yeah. perfect. Okay.
I guess I can't coach you into saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for that compliment. You're welcome. Thank you. It's not hard. It's simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it's simple. Our brain just likes to overcomplicate everything. Because if we can just keep overcomplicating it, then we stay stuck up here. And again, our brain likes to stay up here instead of allowing us to go down into our heart and feeling. It feels like to already have what we want. And you know, arguably, you don't have to do them in that exact order. You could start feeling it before you know much about it. Yes, you were right. I was going to say something and that was it. Like that is how you can speed up the process. Like when you're in that void space, like how can you speed it up and get out? Like you can just remember that you don't have to go through the, the entire process. You can already like the steps you were talking about. You can just jump to where you need to be without the expectations at the end of how it's going to arrive and release attachment ask for guidance and trust that it's already yours and that that's where the faith and trust comes in literally every time i'm like i ask for support (laughs) whether it's from my husband or somebody else or like the divine and i just finally like quit being stubborn and i ask for support and guidance and i have faith and trust that i will be supported it shows up in my world very quickly and i'm just like it had to be that like i just we just like to think we can do it all ourselves and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be so hard it doesn't and to help clarify a little bit for those that might still be just a little confused the void is filled the void between where you are and what you want that empty space that cannot be filled in between is filled by those five steps the knowing the seeing the saying the the feeling the acting should i go a step deeper Mm -hmm. the being yeah and i think the step above knowing is the knowing without knowing the intuition Mm -hmm. and i think that hits all seven chakras (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm just like, does that hit? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's literally, it's like a, a continual cycle when you're in that space because when you're in that space, you're literally going through sabotage and doubt and worry. And it's like you're being tested all the time to see who are you being in all of these moments through all of these little trials? It's like you're constantly being tested. And it's like frustrating and so exhausting and so draining and depleting and all of the words. And that's where, again, faith and trust. It's just like, that's what I keep coming back to faith and trust. And the interesting thing about that circle, that cycle that's repeating, it's not staying at the same level. No, it's, it's like not a stationary. Spiral staircase. It's a spiral staircase. And you, you the one listening, you decide if it's going up or if it's going down. And you can stop mid step either direction. 
I recommend going up. Agreed. It's happier, it's brighter, it's cleaner, it's nicer. It's more joyful. Absolutely. It is more challenging too. But it's worth it. Maybe that's what the answer to life, the universe, and everything is. It's not 42. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if you actually read the book, you know that wasn't the question. (laughs) Going back to Marvin there, I think. (laughs) Good old Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, dear. That was a funny book, though. I don't recommend the whole series. It got some pretty raunchy stuff in it, but that first book was pretty funny. <laughs> oh. Well, with the answer like the universe and everything, what else do we have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess let me ask you this. Do you have an example yourself that you're comfortable sharing of going through that process? Through the void process or through... Mm-hmm. Which process exactly? Yeah, the void I process. Like we... I oh mean, gosh. real quick before you answer that, uh, the wall I mentioned as well that gets torn down by knowing those things that fill the void. It's a synonymous analogy. I'm trying to think of one. I feel like I've had so many. I know um, you've had so many. It's just which one's right to share. Gosh. You, well, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't had so many. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give you the one I had today. Um, I'm at this interesting space in my business right now because I am at a transitionary period. I'm leaving the hospital. <sighs> it's so interesting how this was all happening. The divine had this all planned out. My heart was in it to leave the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> my heart's been in it to leave the hospital. I was already scheduled to leave and go drop down from full-time to part-time as a nurse. And then I got hurt. I injured my back at the gym. So I literally haven't been at the hospital since the end of July. Um, yeah, it's perfectly timed. Um, the week I was initially supposed to drop down to part-time was when I got hurt, haven't worked a day because I was like too soon. It was too soon. So my boss was like, Oh, just wait until August. And literally my original part-time date was July 24th. Haven't worked since July 25th. So the universe was like, no, it wasn't too soon. You were ready. Then, um, I did actually read your post about going to do your primary and getting the second opinion. I'm like, that's interesting. It was actually my third opinion. My, Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) so everything in my business is about feeling more in tuned to your body and feeling empowered and who you are and listening to your body and I was like interesting that I'm going through this entire experience right now and I'm an an RN in western medicine and I never wanted to be a nurse in western medicine because I didn't agree with what they did anyways but here I was um so I've been off work now Yeah, I've been doing it for, I've been doing my business for four years and I always knew I wanted to leave. It's just like my body literally broke itself so I could leave. And long story short, my business and my team and I have been collapsing time. We've been doing gotten, we've been able to accomplish a lot over the last six weeks. It should have taken us about the rest of the year to get what we needed to get done. Wow. 
And then today I was like, I realize I've been back in manifesting, which means there's been this lingering thought that I'm not going to be successful. I've just been blowing my money and like doing all of these things and nothing's going to work. And my, my little inner critic was telling me that even though I've overcome so many things and I've grown so much in the last year and over the years that those things didn't count, they didn't matter. And who was I to think that all of this stuff was going to like, nothing was going to work out. And I was just like, what is this? And it was like, you review your successes. That's right. That's exactly why you do that. (laughs) And like with my, I finally opened up uh, my membership last week. No, September 1st, I opened up my membership and old versions of me would have been like, it didn't work. It didn't go exactly as I wanted it to go. It didn't look like this. And I would have been like, screw it. We're going to throw it all away. We're going to like completely abort the mission and do this other thing because I failed and I didn't like feeling disappointed. And I was like, we're not doing that anymore. We're not, we're going to make a small tweak and we're going to test it because I do not have the time, energy, or bandwidth to continue doing that. My team does not have the time to do that. We're not doing that anymore. And I was like, wow, that's a huge shift. Go me for realizing that. And it was just like all of these things. And I was like, okay, I'm not where I want to be right now. Where do I actually want to be is what I thought I wanted, what I really want. Or is that just the old version of me that was still in the hospital wanting that? So today I got really clear on that. And I realized I've been straddling the line of fear and doubt and insecurity because I wasn't sure how my doctor's appointment was going to go. And I was just like writing this line and I was like, Oh, so I've been so insecure. And I was like wanting my business to work out this way, but at the same time I didn't want, and I was wanting to my back to heal. But at the same time, I didn't want these things to work out the way I wanted, because if I was forced I say that with quotation marks to go back to work, then I couldn't do my show up in my business. And if my business went well, then my short-term disability, because my back would, they would say I couldn't earn and then I couldn't pay myself. And like, it was like all of this jacked up duplicity was going on. So it's like so much mixed up energy was going on. I was like, wow, no wonder I've been stuck here. (laughs) (laughs) You have a moment to sit and pause and you're just like, I realized all of that today. And I was like, I'm going to sit with all of this tonight and go through this very process I shared with you guys and clear it up. And mm -hmm. so I have, I'm going to put some pen to paper tonight. And this is just one example, but uh, just another example, like with the money thing, Go you. like you guys can, I'll give you another, a different example. My husband also does um, catastrophe insurance he was supposed to get called out to work not too long ago. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with my kids? I'm not supposed to be picking up my kids right now. And it's like, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard space right now. Cause not only am I supposed to be here with my kids and I'm not supposed to be doing these things. Like I just released the expectation of what was going to happen and like feeling like I was stuck between a rock and a hard space. I was like, you know what? Not going to worry about this. And I just released it. I journaled about it. And I knew I was a specific manifester at this point in time. And I was like, this is what it would look like in my dream world if my husband didn't have to go to this, like go down to wherever the hurricane was several weeks ago and they messed up his paperwork in their system and he didn't have to go and he got to stay home. <laughs> but oh, that's oh. how easy it gets to be. Like when we're stuck between the rock and the hard space and in that void, like we can make it as hard as it, our brain wants it to be. <laughs> it's R-A-S. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, I didn't fill out the necessary paperwork. We're going to have to reject and you yeah. have to reapply. <laughs> it's like the worst government agency, but it's yeah. the best. There's reasons I said earlier. It will not let anything except those programs run that have gotten passed. It takes forever to get them through unless you have a lot of repetition and or intensity. Brain DMV. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else to finish up that thought? No, I think okay. that was enough. <laughs> okay. Good. Because as you were talking, I just had this random thing come into my head. I'm like, no, pay attention to what Rebecca's saying. But I'm like, I'm thinking of this movie, Apollo 13, with Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. and the other guy, I don't remember who. Um, real story about three astronauts who were on the Apollo mission number 13. And this one part was coming to my head about when they had to do a controlled burn. And I'm just like, what the random? And I was like, let me just ask Rebecca if she has any thoughts on Apollo 13. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, 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 that's good. Whoa. So context to why this happened and how it applies to us whoa man i'm coming up with gold nuggets up the wazoo whoa okay let's start (laughs) so apollo 13 had a failure in some of their fuel tanks it blew out part of the ship and some of the tanks went completely bust and so they were then on very, very, very limited resources because they went unlimited to begin with because, you know, getting all those resources into space it takes a lot of payload thrust. So they're in space. Part of their ship is blown apart. They are still in a area of the ship that, like, the ship living quarters are still functional, right? But they, on ground control, they talk about, okay, can we do a direct abort or do we need to circle the moon and have them shoot back around? They determined they cannot do a direct abort where they would fire the thrusters and send them back to Earth. They have to go around the moon. It takes a lot longer. As they come back around, they realize about halfway through that their trajectory is off. So halfway back from the moon to the Earth, they're like, the trajectory is off. What happened? Ground control is like panicking. They're like, what is going on here? Somebody realizes they were supposed to be carrying a payload of moon rocks of such and such weight that was a lot that would have affected their trajectory according to the gravity that would have been added to that capsule with those moon rocks. Burdens and challenges we have in our life. Moon rocks, okay. (laughs) There's a reason. That was one of the ahas. Um, The other aha is that they had to then, ground control tells them, hey, you guys have to do a controlled burn for like 30 seconds or, or it was like, 59 seconds something it was very precise had to be to the second mark and it was like less than a minute guys have to burn your main engine this long in order to adjust your trajectory to make it back into earth because an example is if you have a basketball and that represents the earth the line that a capsule has to get in through to avoid bouncing off the atmosphere and avoid burning up in the atmosphere is about as thin as a sheet of paper compared to a basketball. 
insanely small. You have to make it through that line of paper. So they have to get this precise. And so the capsule crew of Apollo 13 tells ground control, they're like, um, excuse me, how are we supposed to do that? Our computers are turned off. So we have no way to get some triangulation here to make sure we're heading in the right direction. And then they're like, wait, what can you use to triangulate your trajectory up there? Or what can you do to position yourself and have a landmark and know where you're going? And they're like, use the earth or use where you're going to use where you're going to have that in the viewfinder do your controlled burn and make sure at the end of it that is still in your viewpoint because they had this you know this lens that they needed to position it into i do the burn and I don't know if it was as drastic as this in real life, but you know, they're there with the joystick in the movie and it's, you know, you know it's flying all over the place. I mean, they're, they're trying to get, keep it under control, but they're flying this thing with a single rocket on the back. It's just zoom. And they're trying to make sure that they've got earth in the viewport. That's, you know, like a couple inches big and earth is a couple inches big at this point, according to their viewing. And they're like, okay, we got to make sure that we are in this. And they're using a joystick to get this like super small point in their viewpoint. It's just insane. But anyways, to wrap this point up and stop geeking out about space. <laughs> we sometimes have to make controlled burns. And sometimes we know how long, sometimes we don't. But the point is you need to have where you're going in the viewport at the end of it. Yeah. So I hope that made sense to more people than just myself. <laughs> it made sense. Awesome. That was good. And, you know, that's a very drastic example. And at least in the movie, they said failure is not an option because they wanted those three men back on earth alive. And, you know, in business and where we're going in life, we usually have a lot more leeway than hitting a paper-thin spot on a basketball. <laughs> but we still got to go for it. Failure is a stepping point for us. For them, it wasn't an option. But for us, failure is a stepping point that helps us figure out, okay, that was wrong. Let's do it right this next time. We learned this. Let's go again. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that was a cool example to share. You know, sometimes you have to do that controlled burn and just say, okay, I'm going in this direction. And, you know, I'm not going to do this for a year. I'm just going to do this for a week, maybe even a day or an hour. Maybe it's a month. That seems a little bit long, but maybe it's a month. You say, okay, I'm going to do controlled burn. I'm going to focus on this one thing. Forget all the stars all around me. Forget the moon behind me. Forget anything else. This one spot, I'm going there. I will keep my focus there. I'm going to veer all over the place along the way. That was the other thought. As you're talking about how your business is not as you're imagining it, you just got to start. You start and you adjust along the way. And as long as it's in the viewport at the end, you're all right. You know, if it's not, you can adjust again later. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit different. 
Mm -hmm. Until you've yeah. reached that destination, you can adjust. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is, I got some adrenaline going in me. <laughs> Gotta go watch that movie again. It's a good one. It's a really good movie. <laughs> All right. Well, we covered a lot here. Mm -hmm. A lot of really good things. Uh, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to share before we finish this up, Rebecca? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, I realized after we were done recording the other episode that I forgot to ask if people wanted to find out where to work with you or find out more about you, where could they do that? No. <laughs> you know, the, you, that episode hasn't come out yet, so I'll clip this part and stick it in there, too. Oh, thank <laughs> where, you. where can people find you at? <laughs> Uh, so people can find me either on my website, it's rebeccabranham.com, or you can find me on Facebook. That's where I'm most active at. Um, uh, my business page is at Becca Branham Health, and I have my Facebook group. It's Mastering Ambitious Freedom. It's loaded with all kinds of free resources and trainings and um, a lot of goodness over there. There's a lot of fun cool coolness coming very soon in there there's already a lot of fun stuff in there but there's a lot of newness coming soon newness is not a word i know but it's fun it's fun in there <laughs> it is newness is a word yeah. Yeah. newness is good <laughs> <laughs> awesome and if people wanted to find out how to work with me um go on over to starlightmentoring.com and let's see what we can do together it'd be awesome Thank you so much for having me. This was fun, just like it was last time. This was great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you're so fun to talk with. Like, let's do another bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, maybe we'll just say, you know, if you want more of either of us, go, go to either of those links. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, thank you again so much for being on with me, Rebecca. And those listening, remember you can rewrite your stars. We gave you some amazing formulas in this episode. Like seriously, go back, write those down, get them in front of you where you can reference them often. Or if you're the kind of person who wrote them down already, awesome, stick it where you can find it easily <laughs> and reference them. <laughs> and yeah, it's an excellent bonus episode and excited for whichever bonus episode will follow after this. And we'll see you next week with our regularly scheduled episode as well.